507 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, I thought what we could do is basically just put a bow on the entire month of December, come away with uh, some of our biggest storylines from the month, some of our biggest takeaways from the month. I mean, I realize as everybody's hearing this, we're all the way up to, let's see, what is it here, January 5th. But I still thought it was important to just kind of recap the month and also look ahead to what's still to come in January. And we will get to all that in a second. But first, I just wanted to uh, mention something from this last game against the Edmonton Oilers that I didn't talk about in our last episode. Of course, in our last episode, it was an absolute blast to record it because the Rangers were coming off of two big wins. One of them, a 4-0 victory against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Another, a 4-1 win against the Edmonton Oilers. So obviously, you're talking about two games. A lot happened. A lot of goals scored by the Rangers. A lot of positives from both of those games, but naturally there might be one or two things that you forget. And one thing that I wanted to do, you know, I mentioned in yesterday's episode how Igor Shesterkin and Alex Georgiev have really been great over these past couple of games here, but I didn't remember to highlight Alex Georgiev's best save of the night or what I thought was his best save of the night. We did so with Igor Shesterkin, but I just want to make sure we're giving Alex Georgiev his props here. Obviously, he got off to a really rough start this season and has really rebounded in a major way, came up big for the Rangers when they needed him while Igor Shesterkin was injured. But in this game last night, his first game back into the lineup in quite some time, uh, he ends up stopping 33 of 34 shots. And I thought his best save of the night actually came off of a turnover. Uh, Ryan Lindgren had the puck stolen from him. It was really Lindgren's only hiccup in his return to the lineup. The Oilers steal the puck. And, you know, Lindgren was about to, to skate away with it. But now the Oilers have the puck and they're in deep uh, right on the doorstep in front of the Ranger goal. And they've got an opportunity to score. It's basically like a, almost like a modified three on one because they're not coming in on the rush on a three on one, but it's three on one right in front of the Ranger net there. And you get a great cross ice pass uh, to Connor McDavid. And Alex Georgiev moves to his left, makes an incredible glove save. We get some Georgie chance from the Madison Square Garden faithful, which is really cool to hear. I know it meant a lot to Alex Georgiev. He talked about that in his uh, post-game interview as well. And he mentioned how he's also uh, happy that he's getting to play a little bit more often. And that's going to be an interesting storyline to track. Uh, You know, will Alex Georgiev get a bigger slice of the pie going forward? I wouldn't cut into Igor's playing time too much just because uh, I think Igor Shesterkin is right up there as far as best goalies in the league right now. But Alex Georgiev, I I think he's earned a little bit more playing time with how he's played uh, over his last handful of appearances here. You know, obviously this game and everything that he did in December as well. And the only other point that I wanted to make as far as the Ranger game against the Oilers that, you know, we sort of talked about last night, but we didn't really uh, dive into it in too much detail. And it kind of goes without saying when you consider the fact that the Oilers only scored one goal. But it must be said, the Rangers did a heck of a job against Connor McDavid, best player in the world right now. He entered the contest against the Rangers last night with 15 career points in 10 career games against the New York Rangers. And he ended up having seven shots on goal, including the one I just talked about, the one that Alex Georgiev robbed him. Uh, but the Rangers found a way to keep him off of the score sheet, despite the fact that in their matchup earlier this season, McDavid ended up having a goal and two assists against the Rangers, including that one crazy highlight real goal. He basically posterized half the players on the New York Rangers and, uh, you know, scored the game tying goal fairly late in that game. Oilers went on to win in overtime, but the Rangers shut him down again, you know, seven shots on goal, but with the exception of the save that I just described, the one that Georgiev made against McDavid in deep, I don't know how close Connor McDavid really came to scoring a goal in this game. So obviously a tremendous job by the Rangers in that regard. And with all that said, 
Let's go ahead and shift our attention to the month of December. We'll just kind of, again, just go through everything that the Rangers did, uh, some key takeaways, some storylines to track going forward, and then near the end of the episode, we'll turn our attention to January. But for December, the Rangers put up a record of 7-4-1, and which is actually a little bit better than I thought it might have been. You know, when I went back and did the tally and, okay, what was the Rangers' record in the month? Uh, I wasn't so sure it would be that good. I think... You know, it's easy to forget. It feels like it happened so long ago because these seasons go so fast. But the Rangers actually began December by winning their first four games. That was the tail end of that stretch where they won 11 out of 12 games. Then, of course, they had a little bit of a slump, and then they conclude 2021 with a bang, beating the Tampa Bay Lightning in a shootout 4-3 to on New Year's Eve. So overall, uh, a really solid month for the New York Rangers. They continue to uh, impress and really look like one of the better teams in this league. And as far as where they are in the standings, now, they weren't in first place when December ended. These last two games, though, have vaulted the Rangers into first place. They are now on top of the Metropolitan Division. They are 22-8-4 overall. That's good for 48 points. They are tied with the Washington Capitals, who also have 48 points in 34 games, although the Rangers have two more regulation wins, so the Rangers would would get that tiebreaker there. Uh, I should also point out, though, the Carolina Hurricanes trail both the Rangers and the Capitals by just one point and have played three fewer games than both the Rangers and the Capitals. The way the Canes are going right now, you know, they're on a four-game winning streak. They'd probably get two points in the span of three games and would probably have first place to themselves. But be that as it may, it's still a fantastic start to the season, and it was obviously helped by the Rangers, you know, getting the job done in December for the most part, and here they are at the top of the standings. In fact, you look around the entire NHL, nobody has more points than the Rangers right now. And then, you know, there's teams that they might have a game or two on hand, whatever it might be, but no team in the NHL has more than 48 points, and the Rangers and Capitals are tied atop the NHL standings if you just go by points uh, with 48 apiece. So that's obviously very impressive and very encouraging for Ranger fans going forward. And something that I mentioned very briefly at the end of yesterday's episode, something I want to get into uh, a little bit more detail here today, is the very simple fact that, again, you play in the 82-game regular season, you're going to have some hot streaks, you're going to have some cold streaks, you're going to have some ups and downs, you're going to have some exhilarating wins, you're going to have some heartbreaking losses, you're going to do it all over the span of 82 games. But to me, the biggest key to being you know, an elite team in this league and a team that just looks like it's going somewhere, looks like it could be dangerous come playoff time, it's very, very simple. You have to extend the hot streaks as long as you possibly can and get out of the slumps as quickly as you possibly can. And we've seen the Rangers do both of those things. Uh, They had that stretch November going into December where they won 11 out of 12 games. Then they cooled off a little bit. They had a stretch where they went two, four, and one. But now they've seemingly broken right back out of it. You take down the Lightning twice and the Edmonton Oilers once. And I I don't know. I mean, to me, that sounds like you're out of a slump. So uh, very, very cool to see. And it's something that good teams do. And the Rangers, you know, they came into the into the season as the third youngest team in the league. So to me, it's very, very impressive that they're able to kind of have that focus night in and night out to run uh, a streak all the way up to 11 out of 12 wins, you know, 11 wins in 12 games, and then also shake off a, a bit of a dry spell as well. You know, the Rangers were scuffling a little bit there. Part of it was the simple fact that You know, they went up against some tough opponents. I think also part of it was the fact that they played 17 games in just 10 days. You know, that's going to wear teams down a little bit. But they're out of their slump, and they've come out of the the mini break here that they ended up getting as the result of COVID uh, just absolutely flying. They dropped the first one to the Florida Panthers 4-3, to but it was a good game against a tough team. And they've since knocked off three elite squads. Again, the Lightning twice and the Oilers once. And another big takeaway for me, uh, again, for the month of December— 
And it's something that I, I think a lot of us were probably aware of, but December did more to kind of confirm this. That is that Gerard Gallant is going to stay patient with the young players and just sort of live through their ups and downs with them. Uh, you know, we saw Capo Caco earlier this season. He really caught fire. You know, best hockey that we've seen him play in three years as a New York Ranger. He's cooled off recently, uh, but they've left him in that role on the top line. It doesn't seem to be bothering uh, Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider because they're both on fire right now. And I think it's only a matter of time before Caco, you know, picks it back up and, and gets rolling again. Uh, and then Lafreniere, you know, the other young New York Ranger who's always under the magnifying glass here, he's really feeling it lately after not really doing a whole lot. He's got two goals and an assist in his last three games. And even before the points were coming, it just seemed like he was a little bit of a more noticeable player, made some good defensive plays, uh, overall playing very well. And both Kako and Lafreniere are right now in top six roles. I mean, we'll see if that sticks with Lafreniere when Artemi Panarin comes back. I mean, obviously Panarin's going to go back into a top six role, but we'll see if they maybe end up putting Lafreniere on the right wing on that second line, or if he's back down on the third line with Gautier and Hedl. And speaking of Gautier and Hedl, those are two other players that Gerard Gallant has really stayed patient with. We did see Philip Hedl as a healthy scratch in the one game, but I kind of get the feeling that was just to give Hedl a little bit of a mental break, you know, maybe send a little bit of a message that we need a little bit more out of you. Um, and then with Gautier, you know, we're used to seeing him in and out of the lineup, healthy scratch in the lineup, healthy scratch in the lineup. And oftentimes before Gallant got here, we would see Gautier on the fourth line, which just does not work. And that's another point that I wanted to make about all four of these kids. Gerard Gallant has done a great job keeping all four of them off of the fourth line for the most part. I think there was a little bit of a stretch there where he was kind of sending a message to Lafreniere, had him on the fourth line. But for the most part, uh, he's putting these kids in position to succeed and he's being very, very patient with them. So... Yeah, that's pretty much it for December. It's another good month for the Rangers, and we are going to uh, go ahead and look ahead to January in just a second. Obviously, we're two games into January, but we'll take a look at the rest of the schedule and talk about some of the uh, most interesting storylines to track for the Rangers going forward. We will do that in just a second. But first, just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit, or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new, limited-time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, turning our attention to the month of January real quick here. I figure we'll kind of run through the schedule. I'll provide some quick thoughts and, uh, you know, just kind of go through all the games real quick here. And then I will kind of dive into some of the bigger storylines that are facing the Rangers as they uh, venture into 2022 here. But you know, what really stands out, I mean, well, for starters, you got the two games that the Rangers already won. They take down Tampa 4-0. They take down Edmonton 4-1 in 
uh, a back-to-back, both games being played in Madison Square Garden. So they're obviously off to a heck of a start. Uh, The argument could certainly be made that those are two of the toughest opponents that the Rangers are going to face all season, although they are back in action against another really tough opponent, that being the Vegas Golden Knights, this Thursday at 10 p.m. And that game against Vegas kicks off a five-game road trip for the New York Rangers. And all five of those games, excuse me, the first four of those five games will all start at 10 p.m. Eastern time or later. So if you're on the East Coast with me, we're going to be staying up late watching these games. Uh, The good news is that once this four-game stretch is over here, the Rangers will not have another game this season that starts later than 8 p.m. So just Hang in there, hang tough, stay up late, do whatever you got to do. If you're a little tired at work, you know, you'll get your way through it. You got to stay up late for your Rangers. Uh, But the four games that I'm talking about are at the Vegas Golden Knights on Thursday. Then two days later, they are at Anaheim on Saturday. They are at LA then on Monday and then at San Jose on the following Thursday. And like I said, all four of those games starting at either 10 o'clock or 10.30 p.m. And then to round out the five-game road trip, you've got the Rangers playing the Philadelphia Flyers. And overall, I mean, look, this is not going to be an easy road trip. Uh, I think the most complete of those teams, and certainly the team that, you know, if somebody said it was going to be in the mix to maybe win a Stanley Cup at the beginning of the season, the team that really stands out is the Vegas Golden Knights. So the Rangers going to be tested again going up against Vegas. They lost to Vegas in their last meeting in a shootout, so maybe they can get some payback. Uh, And then after that, you know, the Ducks, they've definitely overachieved this season. That'll be a good test. Uh, The Kings and Sharks, I think two teams also that have been a little bit better than people have expected so far this year. Although, you know, the uh, Sharks are cooling off a little bit, whereas the Kings are are starting to heat up again. So, uh, yeah, I mean, no easy game among them. And then you're at the Philadelphia Flyers uh, to complete the five-game road trip. And then the Rangers have three days off, and then they're back in action Back at home at Madison Square Garden, finally, on Wednesday the 19th, they will play host to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, They've played just a crazy game against Toronto earlier this season, north of the border. That was a game that the Rangers had no business winning, but they they got it done anyway because Igor Shesterkin was ridiculous. Then the Rangers are on the road against Carolina, home against Arizona, home against L.A., at Columbus, home against Minnesota, and home against Seattle. And, I mean, really looking at the schedule – it's not really that daunting. It's kind of front-loaded as far as the really, really good teams are concerned. In fact, you know, again, the first four games that the Rangers are playing this season, or excuse me, this month, are maybe the four toughest teams that they'll play in the entire month of January. Uh, You know, Tampa, Edmonton, Vegas, and Anaheim. Uh, But they're playing some not-so-great teams. I mean, the Flyers have struggled. The Coyotes are absolutely awful. Uh, Columbus, you know, they find a way to be competitive, but they're not a great team. You play Seattle. Seattle's been terrible. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a real chance for the Rangers to have another really great month here, uh, just kind of bank some points and really kind of, uh, you know, stake their claim to a playoff spot. I mean, obviously, they're not going to clinch this month, but they have uh, a real chance to create some separation from the pack, even more so than they already have. And we're going to dive into what I think are some of the biggest storylines facing the Rangers for the month of January, and really, in some cases, even for the rest of the season. We will do that in just a second. But first, just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, 
Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online, where the game starts. As far as most intriguing storylines for the Rangers as we, you know, head into 2022 here, one that's really kind of popped up recently and I think it's kind of captured the attention of Ranger fans pretty much everywhere, is how the Rangers are going to handle the third defense pairing moving forward. In other words, when everybody's healthy, when all New York Ranger blue liners are good to go, they're ready to play, they can be in the lineup, who are the two defensemen that are going to make up that third pairing? I mean, for starters, I think we can probably all agree on the fact that no matter what, the top four looks pretty much set. I mean, you never know. Maybe somebody drops down to the third pairing at some point, but I really don't even see that. Uh, the four guys that you know that are going to be in the lineup every single night, Adam Fox, Ryan Lindgren, Ke'Andre Miller, Jacob Truba. But the third pairing, somewhat in a state of flux right now for the New York Rangers. I think there's a lot of Ranger fans out there who are really excited to see Zach Jones and Nils Lundqvist and kind of hoping that, uh, you know, the two of them can go out there and maybe be the third pairing for the rest of the way. I wouldn't necessarily uh, eliminate that as a possibility, but you got to keep in mind that, you know, Patrick Nemeth, certainly he's still going to be in the mix whenever he's available. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how the Rangers handle that. Uh, he's been out of the lineup the last couple of games. And of course, Libor Hayek played over Nils Lundqvist in this most recent game as well. So there's a lot of bodies and not a whole lot of spots. I mean, that doesn't even include Tarmo Rayunanen, who just got added to the taxi squad. I mean, it seems like the Rangers might kind of shuffle guys in and out of the taxi squad because I don't think they want these guys in the AHL to go weeks and weeks and weeks without playing any hockey games. So Rayunanen now on the taxi squad. Uh, Jared Tenorti, I feel like we've maybe seen the end of him. Nothing against Jared Tenorti. But it just kind of looks like a lot of guys have already jumped him in the pecking order. Uh, Braden Schneider. You know, Braden Schneider sounds like he's having a pretty strong season for Hartford as well. He is just 20 years old, and the Rangers took him in the 2020 draft just one year ago, going number 19 overall in that draft. But as we've seen, that has not stopped the Rangers in the past. They are completely comfortable with a little trial by fire for their young defensemen. And when you look at the Ranger depth chart right now, it's pretty much worked out in just about every single instance. The Rangers uh, give these young kids a chance, and they give them a decent amount of rope, and more often than not, it's paid off. And a lot of those kids that you know made their debut at such a young age now staples of the Ranger blue line. So we'll see if something similar happens with Braden Schneider as well. I would not be stunned if we end up seeing him make his Ranger debut at some point this season. And again, it falls under the good problem to have category. There's a lot of guys right now that I think are in most cases deserving, and in most cases very capable of playing NHL hockey on the Ranger blue line as it stands right now, and certainly, you know, as the season progresses here as well. So that's a very, very interesting situation to keep track of, and we'll continue to uh, keep our eye on it and talk about it in future episodes. Something else that I think we've all kind of been collectively keeping our eyes on, you know, pretty much since the start of the season, and really even since before this season started, is who is finally going to stick on the second line, the Artemi Panarin-Ryan Strom line on the right wing because 
over the last couple of seasons here, we've seen something of a revolving door. You know, Jesper Foss is there for a while. He leaves in free agency. And then, you know, coming into this season, we thought we were going to get Vitaly Kravtsov in that spot. And everything that happened with him happened with him. He's back in the KHL. I mean, who knows what's even going to happen there or how that's going to end. It probably ends with Vitaly Kravtsov being traded. Um, but, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But, you know, Capo Caco's on the top line. And they seem to like him there with Mika and with Kreider. Sammy Blay is out for the season. There's no more Buchnevich. There's no more Blackwell. And, you know, Lafreniere, he might be an option. I, I tend to like keeping Lafreniere at the left wing. When you've got somebody who, you know, has had his ups and downs and is yet to really take off and is, you know, supposedly a generational talent, I don't like the idea of moving out of his natural, moving him out of his natural position. Not saying that he can't do it, but I just like uh, overall Lafreniere on the left wing. But it's something to consider because we've seen Dryden Hunt play there for the Rangers. We've seen Barclay Goodrow on that line in recent games as well. And they've both done a, a nice job. It's, you know, kind of an interesting way to complement the skill of Panarin and Strom with a grinder such as a Goodrow or a Hunt. But I still think the Rangers are in the market for, you know, something of an upgrade there. And you can then have guys like Dryden Hunt and Barclay Goodrow play in their more familiar and probably more appropriate bottom six roles. And you can bring in, you know, a sniper via trade. Maybe Vitaly Kravtsov comes back. I mean, who knows for sure. But I'm very, very curious to see, you know, assuming the Rangers are going to be a playoff team, and I don't want to jinx anything. We're not there yet. There's a long way to go. But if they're, you know, getting toward the trade deadline, and they're looking like they're one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, if not the entire NHL, then I get the feeling they're going to be in the market for an upgrade via trade, uh, somebody that can come over, play that right-wing spot, and, uh, you know, step in there and produce offensively. You know, guys like uh, JT Miller certainly come to mind. If we look at guys that are, you know, on the trade market right now, JT Miller, obviously a former Ranger, so there's some familiarity there. Uh, he can play any of the three forward positions as well, so if he came to the Rangers, you might see him on the right wing there. I think certainly uh, somebody that I have always liked is Vladimir Tarasenko, and the only issue there is that he is under contract next season, and off the top of my head, I want to say he's making like $7.5 million next season, which isn't terrible, but it could handcuff the Rangers a little bit. It might mean that Ryan Strom leaves in free agency, but man, can you imagine a line of Panarin, Strom, and Tarasenko, uh, not to mention all the time that Adam Fox spends with, with that line as well. Uh, the, the passes that Tarasenko would get. I mean, he's just such a natural sniper. He's got such a lethal shot. I mean, these guys would be putting it on a tee for him left and right. Uh, so that is definitely intriguing to think about. And somebody else that has kind of caught my attention recently as well, and a couple of you guys have suggested this uh, additionally, and that's Riley Smith of the Vegas Golden Knights. Obviously, there's some familiarity with Gerard Gallant there. He's just a rock-solid all-around player. He's having a really nice season for Vegas. Now, the question that inevitably springs to mind when you mention a Riley Smith is, okay, well, why would Vegas, who is currently leading their division— even entertain the thoughts of trading Riley Smith. And the reason for that is they obviously acquired Jack Eichel and they're up against it as far as the salary cap is concerned. So it might become something of a necessary evil and they might end up having no choice but to trade Riley Smith. And if the Rangers picked him up, uh, I'd be on board with that as well. That's just a couple of them. And we are still going to do our episode where we uh, take a look at some of your guys' trade ideas. I've heard from some of you uh, throwing out a couple different names, very, very interesting ideas. And we'll break that down in a future episode. Um, but today, you know, going to keep it limited. Want to kind of uh, look into a couple of the other storylines. I mean, just the Rangers being buyers in general to me is an intriguing storyline to keep track of because it's not something we're used to seeing over the past few seasons here. But yeah, I mean, unless something horrible happens and something completely unforeseen happens, which I, I don't think is coming, uh, we're going to see the Rangers more likely than not at least acquire a 
a piece or two as they prepare to make their charge to the playoffs. I mean, why not? As we mentioned earlier in this episode, nobody has more points in the NHL than the Rangers do right now. If you're not going to buy when you're at the top of the NHL standings, then when the heck are you going to buy? So I think for sure we'll see the Rangers look to improve their roster uh, once again at or near the trade deadline. Something else that I think is going to be really interesting is how the Rangers deploy their goalies going forward. I mean, obviously, uh, Igor Shesterkin and Alex Georgiev, both healthy, both good to go for the first time in what feels like a while. But I got to say, everything is setting up pretty nicely for the Rangers to, you know, if they want to do this, to at least somewhat lessen Igor Shesterkin's workload. Uh, We have seen him suffer a couple of injuries since his NHL debut, and he's had to miss some games here and there over his first couple of seasons. Uh, The good news is that Alex Georgiev is playing great and has probably earned a little bit more playing time, even if Igor Shesterkin is injury-prone or not. And, you know, as we discussed earlier in this episode, the Rangers have really banked some points early in the season. Nobody's got more points than the Rangers right now. So it's not as if the Rangers are in absolute must-win, gotta-beat-this-team mode every single night. I mean, they're not like a bubble playoff team right now in the standings, at least where things are right now. So with all that being the case, you know, the Rangers probably don't feel like they have to go with Igor Shesterkin every single night, no matter what, trying to hang on, you know, by a thread to a playoff spot. The Rangers are really up there in the standings. And so if they want to give Igor Shesterkin a few more days off, and if they'd like to reward Alex Georgiev for his strong play and maybe even boost his uh, his trade value, if you still believe that Alex Georgiev could end up being traded by the New York Rangers, then this seems like a good opportunity to do it. So I'm going to be very, very curious to see uh, how the Rangers deploy both of these goalies going forward. And getting back to the schedule real quick, they have this five-game road trip coming up. I mean, Georgie just played, and he played the second game of a back-to-back, so I got to believe it's going to be back to Igor in Vegas. Uh, then you're at Anaheim, at LA, and at San Jose. That's the West Coast road trip. I mean, I could see them maybe giving Georgiev another game against either Anaheim or LA. I, I wouldn't make him wait too much longer than that. Like we said, uh, he's played very well recently, and I think, again, based on where the Rangers are in the standings and the fact that you have a very capable backup goalie, I think it makes sense to give Igor Shesterkin uh, a little bit of a breather every now and then. I wouldn't go nuts with it. I still want him playing the vast majority of the games, but maybe scale back his workload just a little bit as a way to kind of keep him healthy uh, you know, throughout the rest of the season and make sure that he's ready to go when the playoffs roll around. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Uh, Again, if you'd like to uh, submit any of your trade ideas, players you'd like to see the Rangers target, I've heard back from a couple of you, and I think we'll do that episode at some point next week. But yeah, don't be shy. Definitely send an email or DM me on Twitter. You can send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms.